This is episode number two with Director of Fitness at Golf and Body NYC, Kirk Adams. Welcome to the Golf Well Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Bradburn, and it is my job to help you find ways to eat, think, and train for a better golf game and a bigger life. So tune in, listen up, and as always, live bigger, play better, and golf well. Enjoy the show. I'm here with uh, Kirk Adams. He's the director of fitness at Golf and Body NYC. Kirk, thanks yeah. for joining me today. Absolutely. For, thanks for coming. Yeah. Uh, and today, uh, really, we're going to talk about Kirk's a big on um, strength training for golf. So we're going to pick his brain and see what he recommends for you know anybody from beginner, intermediate, and advanced fitness level uh, who wants to increase their strength and what to do if they want to step into the gym and, and not only build strength, but also make it specific for improving their golf games, too. Yeah. So, Kirk, why don't you just give us a little bit of uh, background to on who you are, where you come from, and um, you know what got you into golf and golf fitness. Yeah, um, so I've been, I, I started in kind of in the world of fitness uh, when I went to went to Penn State University, uh, got my undergrad there, and then uh, started working as a strength and conditioning coach at Penn State. And uh, yeah. Ohio State fans, Penn State, <laughs> it, it's Big Ten level. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll decide ahead. this in two weeks. <laughs> um, so you might, you might have seen this after that game, but you know <laughs> we have some side cuts going on. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. So I uh, was fortunate to start working in, in college athletics there as a, as a strength and conditioning coach. And, um, For the golf team? Uh, yes. One of, my, one of my initial assignments was based on the facility I was in was to work with men's and women's golf. Cool. And so that was great. I mean, I've been a golfer my whole life. Um, grew up playing golf. Uh, started playing with my dad. Been playing forever. Um, so to get into working out and exercise at Penn State and then getting to work with the golf teams there, that was, that was pretty fantastic. Um, got to work with some other teams like volleyball and soccer at the same time. Oh, nice. um, one of my main responsibilities was men's and women's golf. And then uh, five years ago, I came here to Golf and Body. Um, kind of a new challenge coming here to New York, working with a different population, but trying to you know, kind of learn and expand my knowledge within the game. And, and I've learned a lot more about the actual game of golf and, and how that works and then how the, the fitness can tie in with the instruction component, the sort of... Uh, the medical side or the wellness side of things along with fitness. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so here at Golf and Body, we really try to, for each member, kind of surround them with a, a team of pros that, you know, based on their goals, are going to use all those different facets, not only fitness, but instruction and wellness to kind of get them to their goals. Cool. Now, did you play golf before or while you were training uh, the team at Penn State? Or how did you, how'd you start as a golfer? Yeah. Uh, I think I started in the game with, with playing with my dad. I mean, my dad was a golfer, um, you know, so just kind of started playing with him. And we had a, a course local at my parents' house that was able to play with. Um, played on the high school team, uh, did that for two years. Uh, I did play one year in college. Uh, I went to a branch campus of Penn State for a year. About uh, two years, played at the, at the branch campus for a year. Um, wasn't quite good enough to play at uh, University Park. But, uh, uh, <laughs> they got a decent team, right? Yeah, they have a, they have a great team. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, but I've been playing, you know, my, my whole life, like I said, and, uh, um, you know, since coming here, um, have learned a lot more about, uh, you know, sort of the, the physics of the game and the technology we have has taught me a lot about um, 
what I'm doing wrong in my own game, sure. uh, but also helps me relate to the members and, and kind of tie in what they're what they're doing on the course and what we're doing in the gym and how those two work together. Cool. Uh, now, what's what's a typical client base like for you? Is it mostly like beginners, or are they like pretty hardcore golfers, or what's like who comes in here as far as like the, what you see most common? Yeah, um, and we we, ha we have a, a broad spectrum, I and mean, we have some very high level uh, amateur players here that, mm -hmm. that are winning tournaments around the area. Um, uh, you know, some former professionals that are members here. Um, and we have some beginners, you know, people who join Golf and Body to learn the game, and, and, and that's how they get their start in the game. You know, I'd say our average player is probably about a 10 to 12 handicap. Um, you know, middle-aged uh, male is sort of our, is sort of our, uh, most of our members. So most of them are, you know, your, your, rec your, your typical weekend recreational player, and, and they just have a passion for the game, and, and that's where they, they like to spend their free time is, is, is you know, working on their game and, and, uh, and going through the game of golf. Yeah, so, I mean, definitely one thing that, that we're trying to do is really give some, you know, some tactics or practices that, that some of the more advanced players, high-level amateurs, competitive professionals, use on a day-to-day -day basis and, and sort of give those to people who, you know, have other obligations like work a full-time job and, you sure. know, play on the weekends but want to incorporate a little bit of fitness in there. So what are some good starting points if somebody wants to not only go to the gym and build strength but also, you know, have that complement, you know, improving their golf games? Where, yeah. where would you say, like, you know, some, some just some common themes, really? Yeah. I mean, I think an, an ideal... In an ideal situation, what you would want to try to do is find a trainer or a golf professional that kind of understands some of the movement screening process, um, kind of through TPI or the functional movement screen, something like that, um, because it'll give us an it'll give you an idea of where some of your maybe your movement limitations are right now, and that's going to do a couple things for you. It's going to um, probably illuminate maybe some of the reasons of some of the things that you may be trying to fix in your swing. Um, sometimes there's a you know a, a physical reason why you're having a hard time changing those, um, and if you can address that on the fitness side, you can actually see the change in, in the lessons you're trying to make. Um, it's also going to help help you choose better exercises for you in your workout. Not every exercise is good for every player, um, so by knowing where your strengths and weaknesses are, where you move well, maybe where you're having some challenges. You can pick work uh, exercises and then put workouts together that are not only going to be safe for you, um, but they're going to you're going to see the benefits from them that you're looking for. Cool. Um, so let's just say, you know, somebody. Like, what are like three of the most, I guess, you know, universal? If you had to give people three moves that they could do in the gym to build strength, whether they're body weight or they're with equipment, well, what would you say? Some like so. I know this is this isn't like a workout. Build build me a three move yeah. workout, but it's like. You know, I've got some time or whatever. I'm limited, but like, what what covers some of the areas that you think are like really important for, for a golfer's body? Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I love the idea of sort of kind of having a menu and then just sort of plugging in things in that menu, and that kind of builds the workout for you. So I think um, you know, kind of globally, you know, there's kind of four big areas that I would look at. Um, you know, mobility, something that's helping you move better, uh, stuff that's going to get you stronger. Um, Things that are going to help uh, increase clubhead speed, so that'll be your power exercises, mm -hmm. um, and then also some endurance. Okay, so if you're looking at your your program as a whole, if you're addressing all four of those areas in some capacity, that's probably good. Um, and each player may want to address those in different uh, proportions based sure. on themselves. Sure. If we're going to focus strictly on kind of the strength element of things, I would say um, you can look at it. Again, you can break it down pretty simply. You can you can say, okay, well, I need to have. I've got an upper body and I've got a lower body. Okay, so I want to make sure I have some kind of exercise for both of those. Um, 
my upper body kind of does two big things. It, it pushes things and it pulls things. Yep. So I want to make sure I have something for each of those. Um, and then obviously we have kind of this midsection core area that we want to kind of address as well. And that's, and that's big for not only, you know, creating and transferring club head speed, but also keep our, keeping our back and our body healthy. Um, so if we look at it that way, um, from a lower body standpoint, you know, our, our big exercises are things like our squats and our deadlifts and our lunges and step ups and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that upper body push category is kind of your push ups, your bench presses, your shoulder presses. Uh, and then that pull category is a lot of your rows and pull downs and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, core, uh, you know, one of the things that I think we're understanding more and more is that the, 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 the core is really designed um, to resist movement. So a lot of the traditional movements like sit-ups and things like that are, are not really as uh, going to be the most beneficial for the game of golf. Um, our core kind of transfers forces up and down the body. It resists movement. Um, so a lot of your anti, what we call anti-movements, like your planks and your, your anti-rotation holds and different yeah. things like that, those are going to be the ones that are going to be more applicable to the game. Um, so if you're kind of you know just trying to figure out what are, what are the bare bones of what I need to include, you know, if you think about it, that upper body kind of pushes and pulls, that lower body, and then something for the core. If you're doing, you know, a couple things in those four areas, you should be putting together a pretty decent workout for yourself. Cool. Awesome. Well, I know we've got a gym back in here. Maybe you can take me through, like, a push, a pull, and a core move at, at a beginner, intermediate, and advanced level, and then we can just show and give some, some examples. Sound Absolutely. good? Absolutely. All right. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So we are at the gym now, and Kurt... It's going to take me through uh, some beginner, intermediate, and advanced exercises for what we were talking about earlier on the couch uh, with pushes, pulls, core, and some lower body movements that are not only going to help you build some strength, but also help you swing a little bit faster uh, and you know hopefully shoot some lower scores too. So uh, take it to you. Yeah. So let's kind of start with that lower body group of exercises. Okay. And I want to talk. I want to kind of show you or talk a little bit about how um, we might build up to something advanced like a deadlift. Uh, deadlifts are one of those exercises you see a lot of times, you know, you know professional players are doing. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the amateur might want to run to the gym and try to do the same thing. And like I said, those are great exercises, but not every exercise is great for every player. Right. So one kind of walk through the process of how we would decide if that's a good, good thing or not. Cool. Yeah, I know that, um, you know, we see a lot of like Rory and the guys posting a bunch of workout videos and they're, you know, they've got big plates on the yeah. sides. And, you know, while it, that looks really cool and then probably a lot of people can do it, not necessarily the, the right place to start when right. you go to the gym because that's probably when blood injuries happen. Okay. Yeah, sure, and that's and that's probably not where they were day one. So uh, yeah, we're going we're going to assume like kind of for the beginner, where where do you want to start here? So, All right, so, so let's let's get me started here. Yeah. So so if you came in you know, first day um, and trying to build your workout program, want to include some lower body deadlifting activities in there. First thing I would look to see is can you touch your toes? Okay. And what that's going to do is that's going to just indicate to me if you have the, the proper hip. And, and core control to do a higher level advanced exercise. What I'm gonna ask you to do, Corey, is you put All your right. feet together, okay? keep your knees nice and straight, and I'm gonna ask you to see if you can reach down and touch your toes. I have not stretched today. <laughs> okay? So he's doing pretty well there, okay? If I, if I really ran into that, Yeah. So, you know, again, we're just looking for can he get to his toes? Um, he's doing a pretty good job there. Again, with a little bit of uh, warm up, he can probably get that. So that would be kind of a check uh, in the good in my book. So I know he's got kind of the uh, requisite range of motion in the hips to be able to do that. Yeah. Okay. So we got that checked off. Now we're going to look at kind of the pattern of that movement. So kind of that okay. hinging pattern. Okay. So what I'm going to ask you to do is 
kind of put this on your back like this. So it, it's going to be against your head, between your shoulder blades, and on your head like here. Yep, just like that. Okay. And I know you kind of know what I'm talking about here, but what I'm asking kind of have to do is just kind of bend your knees a little bit and just give me a good hip hinge. Okay. Kind of, kind of forward. Okay. Perfect. And if you notice, guys, he's kind of keeping contact here with his head, his shoulders, and his hips. Okay. Stand up for me again. Can you kind of show me a bad one where you kind of round your back and you lose contact? Yeah, so here he's kind of dropping his head, or sometimes you might see this come off here and he loses contact. So a lot of times when people deadlift poorly, they get into kind of this rounded posture versus a good neutral uh, hinging posture at the hips, and that's where we can run into some trouble with, with the back. So we right. want to kind of check you have the right mobility, then can you kind of, you know, do you have the motor control to kind of do that pattern? Okay. Once we've kind of checked that box off a little bit, kind of the, the beginner version of our deadlift with a lot of people is going to be a kettlebell deadlift. Okay. So I'm going to pick uh, pick this 24K um, kettlebell here for Corey. What I'm asking him to do is kind of stand on, on either side of that. Okay. okay. So and I'll go this way. For yep. This and one. if you kind of line your heels up with the back of that kettlebell, okay. okay. And then I'm going to have him just think of that same hinging pattern that he just did with the, with the pole here. All right. Reach down and grab that bell. Okay. And that good same kind of hinging pattern there. Good. Create a little bit of tension by feeling like you're going to break that handle, and then go ahead and stand up. Good. Once you knock out a couple of those, All right. I'll kind of talk through it a little bit. So again, you'll notice he's, you know, maintaining good posture, hinging at the hips. You'll notice the hips kind of start here. They move backwards. Okay. And he's keeping good tension, working that lower body. You want to spin around the other way a little bit? Yeah. Good. So you can kind of get a front view here. Right. And again, so now once once he kind of checks that you know he can do this exercise with good form, we kind of know that he, it's a weight that he can handle. Then we can move to uh, another implement or another way to load that exercise that's going to be a little more challenging. Cool. Yeah. And what would that be? Well, that would be our trap bar deadlift. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, let's do that then. Yeah. So, a lot of people may be familiar with kind of your uh, traditional straight bar deadlift. This hex bar or trap bar is a great version for, I would say, a lot of folks that are not competitive power lifters or Olympic lifters. Yeah. It, it better distributes the weight for the average person. As a golfer, we don't need to be, um, we don't need to be as good at the barbell movements as a, as a weightlifter or a power lifter would be. This is a great um, bar for golfers. Exactly. Now, how, let's say somebody wants to uh, mess around with a kettlebell, how should they figure out uh, what, what weight to pick? I don't, know, I don't know how many pounds a 24 kilogram kettlebell is, but I know I pick it up and I'm like, oh, that seems like decently heavy enough. And that feels like the right range for, you know, eight to 10 reps. Yeah. How would somebody pick that up? Yeah. Well, you're basically making, you're making an educated guess, but the, the guideline I give people is to kind of use um, what we call the RPE scale, or rating of perceived exertion. Okay. Okay. So it's a one to 10 scale. One would be a weight that is very, very light, very easy to do. 10 is something that is you know nearly impossible to do. Basically, you can pick it up one time, and that's probably it. Um, we typically want to live at about a seven or an eight on that range. Okay. Okay. So really what you're going to do is you're going to do a set with a particular weight that you choose. You're going to make a judgment. Where does that fall? And for the most part, for most exercises, most days, you're going to want to live in about a seven or an eight. Okay. So 
should those last couple of reps be like really hard, or should it be like when you're done, you're like, oh, I felt good. Like, yes, I felt my muscles like working, but mm -hmm. I, I know I can go in and do another set. Like, where do you feel like that like level of exertion should yeah. be after? Well, a seven to an eight on that scale means when you're done, it's definitely going to be challenging, and obviously the last few reps are going to be harder than the first few, but you still probably would have maybe three or four more reps in the tank. Got it. Okay, so you could have done a few more, but you chose not to. And again, it's not that it's not that you can't ever do as many as you can. It's not ever that you can't try that eight, nine, or ten on that scale. Yeah. Um, you just don't want to live there on a regular basis. Got it. Um, it's going to require a little more recovery time. Um, that's when form starts to break or has a chance to break down a little bit more. And if you live below a seven too often, you're probably not working out and stressing your body hard enough to make the change that you like to make. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And there's obviously other variables like amount of time between each side. Yeah. Right, so. Sure. Uh, okay. Cool. Well, let's. Uh, so let's say we're ready to progress into a trap bar deadlift here. So. Yeah. So really, again, all, all we're going to do here is we've decided that you know we, we can no longer uh, load Corey heavy enough with a kettlebell. Our, our kettlebells aren't heavy enough anymore, so we're going to move to this where we can add a little more weight. Exactly. Um, again, a little bit, basically the same setup. Instead of the kettlebell be, being between his feet, he's going to stand inside the bar. He's going to grab the handles of the bar. Okay. And How again, far should my feet be like about in the middle? Should my heels be in line with kind of where they basically are? heels in line? If I was, if that bar were to go straight through there, yep. right through your, right through your ankles there, and okay, about hip width apart, give okay. or take, give or take, and then he's just gonna, he's gonna grab the handles. Again, he's gonna have that same good posture. He's gonna create a little bit of tension by, by cranking that bar and then standing up nice and strong. And again, he's gonna come down in that same good posture, tap the floor. And then repeat. So if he was looking to get stronger, I would suggest he probably does about six to ten reps on these sets. Okay, and again, once he was done, I'd probably ask him, we can turn there, get a little bit of a side view. When he's done, I would kind of ask him again, okay, on a scale of one to ten, how hard did that feel? If it was less than a seven, we'd probably look to add a little bit of a weight or more weight. If it was an eight or above, we might think about taking a little bit of weight off. Cool. Yeah. All right. So that was the lower body. Yep. Uh, what do you have? What would you do next? Will you just move up? Yep. You probably go to an upper body exercise in there. All right. Let's uh, let's see what that looks like. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now we're going to move on to kind of our upper body exercises. All right. Start with that that pressing category. All right. So again, I'm going to kind of assume first day I've seen you, day yep. one. Um, Want to kind of start generally? Most people, I'm going to start with the push up as our, as our main upper body exercise and kind of beginner. And the reason that is, is it's not only going to work on our upper body strength, but it's also going to show me that you have good core control, good um, anti extension core control, which is going to be important for some of the, again, more advanced pressing exercises we want to do, but also from a golf standpoint. I, I, it's important that you have a strong upper body, but it's important that you can use your core with that strong upper body. Right. Yeah. Um, now push-up might seem like you know kind of a, a boring exercise or pretty simple, but uh, what are some of the common mistakes or flaws that you see in someone's form? Because obviously it's probably more of a gauge of you know how well somebody can handle like moving their upper body than it is like the actually you would, you would probably recommend, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think what what has happened is as as we've grown up. Uh, I know at least for me, like push-ups were a punishment and <laughs> push-ups were a test. Yeah. Okay, so it was always either do this because you messed up or uh -huh. do this and see how many you can do. And it wasn't about the quality, it was just about kind of quantity and kind of slogging through them. So when I think about a push-up or try to coach people on push-ups, I try to get them to think about it as a plank that is moving up and down. 
okay? We're using our upper body to move that plank up and down, okay? okay. And that way, if you think about it in that respect, that it's, it's a plank, it's a moving plank, you're gonna fo kind of focus on what your core is doing and the positioning more than just um, how many can I kind of, you know, kind of pound out. Sure, okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna have you get down in kind of your traditional push-up position. But right. what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, again, kind of like we did on the deadlift, I'm gonna check Corey's posture here, and he's kind of got his head, his shoulders, I'm asking to get his butt up against that pole right there. Yep, there you go, good. And now as he does his push-up, I'm gonna ask him to think about that continuing to go through this. So go ahead and do one, and then I'm gonna check him back here at the top. Good, perfect, do it again. And I like what he's doing with his elbows there, good. You're kind of keeping his elbows at about a 45 degree angle versus directly out to the side or directly along his body. Okay, so let's do one more there, Corey. Good, relax, okay? So you notice he did a couple of, like I said, really good things there. His posture stayed the same, that plank was just moving up and down, elbows were in a good position, and the pace that he was doing those, the range of motion that he was doing those was exactly what we'd be looking for. Um, I would wanna, you know, as sort of a movement screen for me, um, and so if, if he can keep that posture and, and do enough, if he can do enough of those that I'm kind of happy with, um, then we'd be okay with, okay, now we're gonna move on to something a little more advanced. Okay, what would that, what's one of that obviously, you know, there's a chest press, there's bench press, uh, Brooks Castillo likes to bench press 225 the day before he wins the US Open. I, I, that's crazy, but, yeah. Um, what, what's something you, you'd give yes. somebody else to so a couple, So a couple of my go-tos, I mean, there's, um, there's variations off the push-up that you can do that it can make the push-up a little more challenging. Um, there's also, you know, kind of dumbbell pressing or barbell pressing variations that, that obviously a lot of people know. We're going to talk about kind of a cable pressing variation today. Okay, so what I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to demo for you first. And what I'm going to have you do is go into what we call a half-kneeling position. Grab the cable here, get into a half-kneeling position. And we're going to do a single arm press. So whichever arm I'm pressing with, I'm going to kneel on the same side. Okay. And then what I tell people is, is, again, if they're familiar with doing a dumbbell press, just imagine you have a dumbbell in your hand, okay, and you're making the same motion as you would with a dumbbell press or the same motion you did with that push-up. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to have you try that. And what this is going to do, a couple things, it's still going to challenge our upper body strength, but in this position, I'm going to ask Corey to kind of bring this foot right in front of your hip. Okay. Yeah. Start there as if you had two handles. Okay. Yep. And now just work with that one. So I'm going to ask him to do a couple things. Basically keep his entire body nice and stable, except for this right arm. Okay. So that lower yeah. body is going to stay stable. This is going to really challenge. I feel it right here. Core position. Okay. Along with strengthening the upper body, it's going to teach his body to kind of work together from the ground up a little bit. So I might ask him to do about six to 10 on this arm. And then maybe we'll flip them around and get a couple on the left arm there as well. Alright. Yeah. Maybe for the left side, maybe we can angle you a little differently. Okay. Yeah. Maybe like this. Yep. Again, we're gonna go down on the, the we're gonna have to uh, you, you set set me up here. Yeah, we're gonna have to, so we wanna if we're gonna go angle, let's see, actually they're probably not gonna work with this thing here. <laughs> let's just continue to face that way when we're okay. on the left. Oh cool, yeah. That may be a cross Yeah. Alright. There we go. So again, let's bring that foot out here in front of that hip. Great. Okay, pretend like you got two handles. Let's do a couple on the left side. There we go. I like this. Yeah. Good. Let's do one or two, then we'll show one more variation on this. 
next kind of progression on that would be I'm going to actually get him up on his feet and go into what we call a split stance. And so now the knee is going to be off the ground. Okay. Now not only is it going to challenge the stability of your core, it's going to challenge more the stability of your lower body. So let's just maybe give a couple on the right side and try there. Okay. Well, that was hard enough with my knee on the ground. <laughs> so now we're going to get the lower body a little more involved. We're going to kind of, kind of float that knee just, just off the ground. Yep, hands in that same position, All right. both out in front of you. And again, now we're going to stabilize and just work on this side over here. Let's just do a couple there, just to give a quick demo. Now I notice I'm, when I bring it back, mm -hmm. that my upper body kind of wants to twist this way with it. Yep. So I have so what's like kind of try to remember to stay straight, right? Because you don't want to twist back. Exactly. Well, sometimes right. you do, sometimes you don't. Initially, I would want to see that you can show enough control <laughs> to resist rotation. Okay. And okay. then go ahead and try adding a little bit of rotation. Good, now rotate it, and as you push the right arm out, I'm going to have you pull the left arm back, almost like it's doing the opposite of what the right arm is doing. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that would be another kind of level on this, where again, the lower body stays stable. You think about kind of in our swing, our lower body is going to provide some stability, as our upper body is going to kind of rotate over time. So, yeah, that definitely felt more advanced. Yeah. Yeah. So again, my legs burn. Exactly. And then you're bringing, you're even bringing the lower body. And I mean, I get, yeah. I think That's the cool. thing, you know, uh, one of the things you think about what is golf fitness, yeah, okay, versus maybe traditional fitness. Sure. Okay. You know, you can be you can be very fit, very strong by laying on a bench, pressing some dumbbells, doing some push-ups, things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh -huh. You know, where some of the golf fitness comes in is kind of tying everything in from from the ground up, bringing yeah. you know, making the legs, the core, the upper body all work together like we want to do with the golf swing, yeah. but maybe that's not where everybody is ready to do on day one. Right. Okay, so that would that's kind of the progression I would go through with someone to get them to that point. Okay, cool. Yeah. So what would be so we did it, we've done lower body, we've done some upper body. Yep. What's next? Uh, let's move on to some upper body pulls. Okay, here we go. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about kind of upper body uh, pulling moves. We talked about pressing, and we're going to talk about pulling, kind of fill that other main job that the upper body does. Um, these are going to be kind of your rows, your pull downs. A lot of people like doing chin ups or pull up versions, things like that. We're going to start most people on, I like to use this um, basically suspension row or, or body weight row. Okay, a lot of people use like a, like a TRX um, type of strap. We have this red cord system which allows us to basically do the same thing. Cool. Um, one of the reasons I like this to start with, it's an exercise that not only again works our upper body from a pulling standpoint, but it gets us in a good plank position, challenges that core, and the only thing you have to do to make this easier or harder is just adjust where you put your feet on the mat. Okay. Okay, so what I would have you do is, I'm again, I'm gonna kind of demonstrate. Um, I'm gonna have you kind of set up, feet on the mat, Kind of go back into a hanging position. Okay, think about being in that same plank that we did on our push-up, and then we're just pulling ourselves to the top, staying in that plank, and again working through generally somewhere between six and ten reps. If I want to make this harder for you, I'd ask you to move your feet forward. Okay, if I want to make it easier, I'd ask you to move your feet back. Okay, a great thing too is you can even adjust those feet in the middle of the set. So if it's, you know, you do a couple and it's too easy or it's too hard, you can make the adjustment kind of on the fly. Okay. Okay. So let's have you grab the handles there. All right. Step back. And let's kind of start conservative with the feet at first. Okay. 
Okay, so I do this. Yep, I'm gonna have you kind of bend your knees, get into a good hanging position. Again, I'm gonna kind of check that uh, you're kind of in a good plank. I'm gonna have you kind of bring your toes up so you're just on your heels. Uh, okay, there we go. And then go ahead and row. Good. And basically, so breathing wise, I'd have you inhaling as you're going down, exhaling as you're coming up. Okay, if you notice Corey's doing a great job of staying in that plank, I might use a, a pole or something again to kind of reinforce that if that's helpful. Okay. On a scale of one to ten, how hard would you say that is right now? That's like a four. Okay, so why don't we move those feet about six inches forward? Okay. Oh. There we go. Yep. Yeah. A little that's, bit harder. That's like a six or seven. Okay. All right. So that's probably a pretty good place. Um, you know, and again, usually somewhere between six and ten reps um, for this exercise. And again, I'm looking for again. This is a little bit of a movement screen for me. So can can that athlete stay in a good plank position? Do they have the upper body strength to? Uh, get to get themselves through this through this motion and then once they can kind of demonstrate this and, and then we can kind of transfer into some of like a dumbbell rowing okay. um, or this is a great way to work up to doing your first pull up yeah things like that um, yeah so this is a good this is a good kind of beginning pulling exercise for a lot of people cool yeah. all right so let's kind of move on and we'll show a dumbbell variation perfect all right so once we've kind of done that initial Body weight, TRX, or red core type row, then we kind of can expand our um, category of exercises a little bit again. Um, kind of like the pressing, um, there's some cable variations we're going to do. Um, we're going to show kind of a dumbbell version of this. Okay. Again, I'll do a quick demo. Um, this is going to be a great way to check kind of our posture again. I'm going to have Corey get on the bench with his left hand on the bench, kind of check that posture line with his upper body. He's going to grab the dumbbell and then just kind of row this towards his hip. Okay, again, maintaining. Nice stable posture throughout the rest of his body while that right arm is going to do work. Okay. So, square stance? Yeah, kind of square stance. Uh, feet probably a little bit wider than your shoulders. Okay. So we're going to get that left hand on the bench. We're going to quick check that posture. That looks awesome. And then I'm going to ask him to kind of row that to his right hip over there. Kind of reach to the floor, reach, extend that arm at the bottom there, and then pull it kind of to the ribs and to that hip. Good. If you notice, he's doing a really great job of staying stable here. Okay. That right side's working hard. You're getting some core work with this as well because you're trying to maintain that stability, which you can feel, uh, along with getting that stronger um, upper body uh, movement there. Cool. And again, we would probably do about six or ten on each side. Um, like I said, you can kind of do some um, basically the same thing, kind of that half kneeling or split stance position on the cable system, basically the reverse of what we did on that press. Yeah. Um, and again, these are great exercises that'll help if you're trying to. Get that first chin up or improve the amount of chin ups that you're doing and things like that. Great. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so All right. We want some core stuff? Core stuff it is. So we'll finish My that. favorite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so let's kind of wrap up with some core work. So, we've okay. talked a lot about planks today, and again, that's kind of, uh, I think, our, our baseline probably core exercise being really good at being in a good plane. Yep. Um, but then, People kind of take that to the extreme when they start doing four, five, ten, thirty minute planks. That's not the goal of the plank. Um, you know, it's just like on a, on, a, on a dumbbell press, you're not going to take 20 pounds and do it 100 times. You're going to go up and wait. Okay, right. So we want to progress that. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about the stability ball rollout. Okay. So once that I can see that you can maintain the core position in that plank, we're going to challenge it by making it a little more dynamic. Okay. So what I'm going to have you do is go down to a kneeling position on the pad there. Alright. Okay. Set up with your hands kind of on the ball there. Alright. Kind of like straight arms, fingertips on the ball there. And we're going to start in that good plank position, kind of 
hips right under shoulders, right above knees. Okay. Okay. And then just have you kind of slowly roll yourself out. Okay. okay. Maintain that good plank position. Like this. Yeah, pretty good there. Come on back. Now what I would tell you there is take those hips out with you as soon as you start moving forward. And that's one of the, ah, there we go. Uh, you notice the difference there. Uh, a, little, yeah. a little bit tougher yeah, that time. A little bit tougher that Okay, time. perfect. So a lot of times what you'll see is, yeah, time. so kind of do the wrong again for me. Kind of, see how it kind of keeps his butt sticking back? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's easy. Yeah, that's that's going to be a little bit easier. So what we're looking for, what we're going to do is we're going to see those hips go out right away. Perfect. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm shaking. There you go. Good, and again, this could be a progression. So if he was having a really hard time with this, I might go ahead and just put my hand here and just roll out to my hand. Good, and then back. And then as he gets better, I can move that hand a little further. Good, or we can put him up against a wall or put a line on the floor and say, hey, this is kind of the end of your range of motion right now. And obviously, we can change the size of the ball. A smaller ball will make this harder. Bigger ball will make this easier. We can vary range of motion. But you want to look at or kind of want to feel what that pelvis is doing, what that core is doing. If you feel like that plank is breaking down, that's when we've kind of gone, it's, it's gotten a little bit too hard. Yeah, so kind of making sure that it's with the, like, clear with the same thing, pull on your back, or golf ball on your back. Yep. <laughs> Big work. Yeah. Well, my, and my core store. Okay. <laughs> All right, so, so let's say, you know, we feel good about this. Um, one of the things you were talking about, and then I'm a, I'm a big fan of myself, is the like anti-rotational work. Yep. Um, so that's actually a support that's designed to keep the body from moving too much. So, what's something that you'd say is like one of your go-to anti-rotational moves? Yeah, I mean, we call it an anti-rotation press. Some people call it a pal-off press, which okay. is uh, named after a PT that works up in the Boston area. Um, but it's, it's just called an anti-rotation press. Okay. So when we go back over the cable system, we'll show those. All right, okay. perfect. Let's do it. Okay, so one of my favorite core exercises, especially for golfers, is the anti-rotation press. Um, and we're going to work through kind of a, um, really not a variation of the exercise itself, but more the stance of the exercise, the position of the exercise, so we're again from beginning to intermediate to a little more advanced, okay? So anytime we want to start something as a beginner, we're often going to start down on the ground, okay? So what I'm going to have you do is kneel on the blue pad here, facing me. We're going to put both knees on the ground, what we call tall kneeling, all right? And then for this exercise, you're going to want to have some kind of a cable system, or you can use a band, something like that, directly off to your side, okay? I'm going to ask Corey to bring that handle over in front of his chest. Now, right now, it probably feels not much going on, right? Not a ton. Not a ton, okay? But what this is doing, this weight wants to pull him, wants to rotate him, okay? But now, as he extends his arms out, he's going to feel that weight pulling him this way, a little bit harder with the hands extended. He's going to bring it back in, okay? So that dynamic kind of forwards and backwards motion kind of turns things on, lets it relax, turn things on, back and forth there. Now, okay. do you check, do you check like the posture even if somebody's kneeling down like kind of in the back? Because I feel like when I pick this up, it's almost like I wanted to thrust my lower back forward mm -hmm. a little bit. Definitely can. You definitely okay. can. Um, you know, sometimes it's just sort of an eyeball thing, but if sure. someone's that, that pull on the back really is more reinforcement for you than it is for me. Sure. Sometimes people can't really feel where they are in space. Okay. So I feel this in my like left glute a little bit. Oh yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's great because again, the, the, the core 
So let me give you a little bit of break. It's way harder than it Because we got, we got two more versions of the video. Let's take a little break. Um, you know, the core is more than just your the abs, your six-pack, and then okay. the abs in the front of your body. That it's, it's the glutes, it's the hip flexors, it's the it's the ab muscles, it's all those things working together, and that's what we wanna that's what we wanna bring in with all the Yeah, so if you're feeling it in your in your hips, that's great. Yeah, I did, honestly, guys, this is one that, that I do it with almost every workout that I go to the gym. Um, you know, not just for golf, but it really is like a yeah. very good like total core yeah. uh, move, and I think anti-rotational moves in general are very underrated. Very underrated. Yeah, and like, like I said before, I mean, the, the core exercises are really about resisting motion than producing a lot of motion, and this is great for two reasons. It's gonna keep your back healthy, because that stability is gonna be good for your spine. Yeah. I felt like I really, even just even kneeling on both knees, I had to like, you know, really concentrate mm -hmm. on keeping that instead of like letting it kind of like sag. Yep. Yeah. And then that stable core is gonna allow you to transfer that force when you're you know generating from the ground up through your body and then out of the club head. So yeah. it's gonna do two good things for us. That's good. Okay. So after tall kneel, we're gonna move to what we call half kneel. So what yeah. I have you do is I'm gonna have you put your left knee okay. and you see that line that's underneath you on the floor there. Okay. I want you to put your back foot your back knee, and then your front foot all on that line. And I, I say, pretend you're on a balance beam. Got it. Okay, so what I'm trying to do, is I'm trying to narrow your base as small as we can make it, okay? Okay, so now again, if we bring that over here, both hands, good. Again, not real hard there. A little bit. A little bit, but once we extend that out, okay? That's a lot of it. Now he's working, okay? And again, just by changing the position, his setup position, we've made this exercise a little bit harder. Same weight, but a smaller base makes this exercise a little bit harder. Okay, this, this, is not, this, this is the hardest 15 pounds <laughs> in the world. I know, especially <laughs> since it's not even moving. Um, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I feel really good. Again, want to make sure that he's able to breathe in this position. And if it's just a little bit too hard, I might let him just kick that right foot out a little bit, widen that base just slightly, out to the side there. And that way, if he has to get it too far, then we probably want to drop the weight. That makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. 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 If, um, if I see that your foot has to get much outside of that hip, though, I'm probably going to drop that weight down. Well, what are some of the things you would look for in one of these to tell you that oh, this it's too light or too heavy? Uh, too heavy? Again, in fact, if, if you have to take your foot so far, if we have to make the base so wide, okay, this isn't an exercise where we're trying to stack the weight stack. Right. Okay. This is a, this is a small range of motion, stability exercise. I want to see that you can breathe, okay? I want to see that you can talk to me, okay? Um, not have to hold your breath the whole time. Right. And if you have to create such a wide base in order to handle this weight, it's probably too heavy. Okay, okay, different goal here. It's not like a deadlift where we're trying to pick up as much weight as we can. Right. And we're gonna hold our breath to create tension. We want to be able to be a little more fluid, breathe, and, and have a smaller base. So it's still, you would still consider this like a strength training move, even though you're not, it's not one of those where you're trying to you know, increase the load or the amount of weight every time you can still kind of... It's a strength it. training move, but again, it's a little bit of a different goal. Like, like again, right. we're deadlifting, we're, we want to we want to hold our breath, we want to create tension, and we're trying to move as heavy weight as we can. That's yep. the goal. Cool. Here, it's it's we're strengthening, but it's a little more from a stability standpoint. We want to be able to breathe, we want to, we, we want to progress by narrowing the base, breathing better, uh -huh. and then if we can do those things first, then we can up the weight a little. Cool. Okay, yeah, so, so last, last version of this. Last version of this, we're going to get you up on your feet. Okay. We're going to play golf on our feet. So everything's going to be the same up here. I'm going to ask Corey to get his feet about shoulder width apart. Okay. Slight bend in his knee, just kind of a good athletic position. Again, bring that in front of his chest. He's going to go ahead and do the same thing. Now, 
Should, how, should I feel like I'm straight here? I yeah. want you to feel like you're standing in a straight line, like there's nothing pulling you to your left there. And how high up should this be? About, so if I'm looking at this cave, I want to see it about parallel to the ground. Okay, and if, it's, if it's too high or too, too angled up or low, about parallel. pretty good there for you. And again, I'm going to see that you can breathe here. Okay. If we can also play with the base here, so if this is a little bit too easy for him, I can ask him to bring his feet a little closer together. Okay, if it's too hard, I can ask him to widen his feet out a little bit. Again, if if he's able to do this weight with his feet almost touching each other, I know it's probably a little bit light. And if he has to take his feet you know, twice shoulder width apart, it's probably too heavy. So that, I mean, it, it doesn't look like much and just moving it in and out, it doesn't seem like it would be a lot. But I, this is on fire right yeah. now. So uh, that's, I, I, this, like I said, this is one I love doing. And yeah, I'm glad that was something that you had yeah, uh, in your head here yeah. today. Too, well, and, so. you know, in our golf swing, our muscles are doing different things. And in any motion, our muscles are doing different things at different times. Sometimes they're trying to create motion, and sometimes they're trying to resist motion. And, and the core, again, is one of those things that is oftentimes trying to resist unwanted yeah. motion. And that's what we're training here. Now, uh, would you, if you were building a program for somebody who wanted to build strength, uh, for, for their golf game, or just for life, you know, yep. just in general, would you break it down? I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here myself, but I'm just curious to what you think. Would uh -huh. you break it down in terms of section of body per workout per day? So it's like, you know, Monday's like chest or upper body, triceps and arms, and Tuesday's legs and Wednesday's core, or would you incorporate more of like, you know, cross-functional or cross-muscle group training? Yeah. Well, I think, I, I think it comes down to what's your goal. Um, the, the, tr the, the the body part split routine is, is a lot more sort of with the, the, the um, aesthetic, physique, bodybuilding type goal in mind. You're trying to really put a lot of uh, attention into in the body parts. Uh, and, and just the goal is, is size and appearance. Uh, whereas if I'm working with a golfer, the goal is more function and things kind of working together. So neither is wrong. Yeah. Um, it's just sort of what are you trying to accomplish? If you came to me and said, you know, I'm trying to put on a lot of muscle, I'm trying to put on weight, I just want to look bigger, um, and that's the goal, then that body part split may make more sense. You need, yeah. you need more, more lifting days per week, you need more volume, you need more attention in, in one particular area. If you came to me and said, look, I'm just trying to be strong enough to play good golf, and, and my goal here is to be, you know, to feel good, move good, and play good golf, it may be more of those exercises where things are kind of, you know, tying together and, and a little more, uh, a little more functional than, um, than the bodybuilding type routine. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, I think you know the goal of uh, golf, well, in general, is is to help people you know play better, but also you know live a little bit healthier and better too. So I, I think you know if if you had to ask me if I had to pick one, I would say for for most people it would probably be one that focuses on like multiple body parts or yep. muscle groups per workout. Uh, just you know more holistic approach. Sure. But, um, yeah. Because I mean, but again, you know, it depends on your goals. And, I'm never going to train for a you know bodybuilding competition in my life, and well, I think uh, you can, so, I think you, know. you can even cycle on during the year. So a lot of times, like you know, at, yeah. as a, as an active person, you know, in the Northeast here, the winter time, maybe we're not outside outside as much. If that's the time of the year, maybe you want to you know you're going to spend more of your time in the gym. You want to put on a little muscle. You got a little more, a few more days a week to be in the gym. That's a, that's a good time of year to, to kind of do it that way. Um, when it's nice out and you want to be outside and you want to spend less days in the gym, try to get more done in one day and, and, and put some things together. And then that way you can get outside of the gym and play golf or do whatever you want to do. Cool. Yeah, so awesome. you, can make, you can put those two together a little bit. I like that. That's yeah. a good idea. All right. So uh, let's let's get a little recap and head back head back to the couch and just ask you a couple more questions and uh, we'll take from there. Sounds good. All right.
All right, Kurt, thanks for uh, taking me through some of the, the strength moves that you would recommend. I really appreciate your time and your insight. Here. Yeah. So, but let's just give everybody a quick recap of, of what we did um, and, and kind of the progressions for, for each of the, the sections of the body that you yeah. went through. Yeah, so we kind of had broken it down into basically upper body, lower body, core, and then that upper body wrist pushing and pulling. Uh, we started looking at our deadlift exercises, kind of our main lower body movement. And as a beginner, uh, if, I'm, if I'm meeting somebody for the first time, I want to kind of know how their body is moving, if that's going to be a good exercise for them. I can generally make that decision based on whether or not they can touch their toes. It gives me a good idea of kind of their hip mobility and, and core control. Um, so if they can do that, then I want to see if they can kind of, uh, if they have the motor control to do just a good hinging pattern. Um, which we can check with kind of that dowel hinging movement that we went through. Um, if both of those kind of check out, usually the first thing I'll have them do is, is start with a kettlebell deadlift, and that's um, you know, just kind of a, a light to moderately weighted um, hinging pattern. Um, if that checks out, looks good. Once they can kind of do the heaviest kettlebell that we have for a, a reasonable amount of, uh, of reps, then we'll move on to, we, we need to be able to load that movement a little bit heavier. If we can't do that with a kettlebell, then one of the great tools is using that trap bar, that hex bar. Um, the, again, the traditional uh, deadlift bar is, or you know, Olympic bar is great, um, but it's not made for everybody. It doesn't fit everybody, and then trap bar tends to fit a lot more people, especially the golfing population. Um, so that's a great movement to kind of uh, really work on the strength and development of the lower body. Cool. Yeah. Upper body wise, we, we looked at um, that, that press first. Okay, again, generally what I like to see is uh, how does somebody look in a push-up because it gives me an idea, a sense of not only their upper body strength but also their ability to control their core as their body is moving through space. So once we kind of check that, the posture, um, the, the hand position, all those kind of things on the push-up and we can kind of demonstrate a reasonable number of those. Then there's a couple of different places we can go. We can do some dumbbell or barbell pressing. We can do some more advanced um, push-up variations. And then the one we demonstrated was kind of that cable pressing, single arm cable pressing variation. Um, again, we can we can vary that in different stances. We can do tall kneeling. We showed half kneeling, single arm, uh, without any rotation. We showed, um, and then we moved to split stance, with now, which now brings in the lower body a little bit. Again, without rotation. And then we kind of showed a little bit at the end that you know I like to see once you can show that you can control rotation. Then we like to try to add a little bit of rotation, make it a little more dynamic and pleasant. So kind of. Again, building that from the ground up. Yep. Um, that uh, upper body pulling, we started with the, um, the suspension row, the body weight row. Again, that, that does a great job of showing you that you can maintain a good plank position while your upper body is doing some work. Um, again, once you can, and the great thing there is you can, you can make that easier or harder by just varying the foot position. You don't have to change weights at all. Um, once you demonstrate some good, good technique and some proficiency there, um, we can work into some, you know, some vertical pulling, like your pull-up and chin variations, things like that, and then we showed that uh, single arm dumbbell row, which again challenges our, our ability to get in, you know, challenges our core to stay in a good posture and a good position there while that upper body is doing some movement. Um, and then the, the last category was core exercises. You know, we talked a lot about uh, yeah, we talked a lot about plank, and uh, so again, that's kind of our, you know, I want to see that be mastered first. We talked about how that's a moving plank and our push-ups and those rows and things like that. But then we want to, again, we'll make that a little more dynamic. We, we look to talk about that stability ball rollout. Yep. Um, and, you know, you can start with a very large ball and small range of motion and work that all the way down to a much smaller stability ball and a much larger range of motion to 
uh, to maintain that good that good playing position as you move through that by rollout. Um, and then one of my favorite core exercises for golfers is that anti-rotation press because there's a lot of um, you know a lot of good things that that does for us from an injury prevention standpoint. Um, also from a um, force trans transduction standpoint in the golf swing. Um, and again, varying where we, we do that positionally goes from kind of beginner to advanced. So we kind of started tall kneeling, went to half kneeling, and then finally up on our feet like like the like. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, again, thank you very, very much yeah. for taking me through those movements. Guys, I hope you guys were able to get some good value out of that. Uh, if you have any questions, please feel free to ask in the comments. Uh, but yeah, just, just a couple other things. Um, golf well, we're all about finding and exploring ways to eat, think, and train for not only a better game, but also a bigger life. So what are some ways that not only will this help your golf game, but ways that you think that training like this, or at least in examples that you've seen either personally or with people you've worked with, that, that you know you have actually helped people live a little bit better or bigger life too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, not only are these moves good for golfers, um, they're good baseline training and exercise for golfers, but they're good for anybody in general. I mean, as adults, people like to run races and, and do Spartan races and things like that, um, play with their kids, uh, just live a longer, more active, less pain, less painful, uh, have more energy and all those kind of things. Just, just be able to enjoy life a little bit more and, and by, by spending you know, a little bit of time investment here in a gym or something similar. Um, you're going to feel better throughout the day. You're going to you're going to uh, have more motivation, more energy, more concentration, all those kind of things. Uh, and the great thing about golf is, like, it's one of the only activities and sports that people generally do more as they get older. Yeah. Um, and it's really a sport you can play your entire life. Yep. Um, I think most people end up probably getting away from the game because it's too physically demanding, or it starts to hurt. Yep. And so if by spending a little bit of time in the gym, you can have the energy to still walk 30, you know, walk 18 holes um, and not have a lot of pain the day before, the day after. Um, you can play almost indefinitely, so it really has a lot of far-reaching benefits. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so work out smart and well, you can play forever. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So uh, again, thank you very, very much. Uh, yeah. And if people want to follow you or see where you're up to, where, where should they go? Yeah. Uh, online or? Yeah, media. Uh, do a lot, try to do a lot of this similar content for social media through Kirk Adams Golf. Um, we'll, we'll link out to that too. Yeah, face, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those, all those things. Cool. Uh, and then you know, here at Golf and Body as well, uh, we put a lot of content out through Golf and Body, so check that yeah. out as well. Cool. Yeah. All right, thanks, my man. Of course, thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hope you got a lot of value from what Kirk said. Uh, I know I did when he demonstrated with me and showed me what to do. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please go ahead and subscribe. Please leave a rating. Uh, your attention it means the absolute world to me. Also, your insight, your input, ask questions, leave a comment. Um, however you want to add to this, whoever you want to see next on the podcast, uh, would love to hear from you about that. So, again, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.